0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Goretzka who dispossessed him in towards Franco de Santo And the most emphatic of finishes by Nabil Bentaleb! Well, Goretzka deserves huge credit for winning the ball back. And then delivering a really testing cross in, which fell to the feet of Bentaleb. He only ever scored once for Tottenham. Now he's got two in as many league games for Schalke. I went to bleed in-
1: on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus the band and she was heavy laden the way we went
2: along calling street that's on the road to blade oh! Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, the Nabil Bentaleb Emergency Podcast. I am your host, Greg Troxell. You can follow me on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg. And to join me is our resident expert in all things Shauka and Nabil Bentaleb, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsome.
1: Yes, uh, Greg, is there going to be sirens during the intro? Like wee, wee, wee.
2: Maybe. Yeah, Maybe.
1: That was a that was a really bad. Hey, I'm siren just gonna impression.
2: actually dub you wee weeing and I'll just play that in the background.
1: Okay. Yeah the whole the whole pod. <laughs> um yeah. So we're gonna talk a little in the bill. Um if you first and foremost if you aren't following us do that at chn underscore radio at coming home in UFC all that good stuff. Yeah. I guess you could follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome, but I feel like I plug myself every episode. Um, and I'm not seeing a huge Jump in followers So we need to get with the program people
2: <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, Definitely check out our website too um, Cominghomenewcastle.com uh, We have articles yeah. up Of more information on the signing uh, Elijah did a deep dive On Nabil Bentaleb And then uh, he also Put the announcement out there When, when the announcement was out there At 5.45am Pacific Standard Time On Tuesday Um, but you're listening to this till Wednesday, and just another housekeeping: we're doing new formatted, so like shorter podcasts. Um, but because of the amount of matches, so like ingrained together, there's really no like right way to do it. So we're just flooding your your notifications with podcast episodes. So yeah,
1: you're welcome. It's just pick and choose which ones are (laughs) relevant to you. Um, So because like like when this comes out, there'll be Two episodes. Yeah. Today day. is
2: Wednesday for you, listener. Happy Wednesday! Oh, um, well, presumably Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. And if it is Wednesday yeah. or Thursday, then you have a news podcast and this emergency podcast. And if you are listening to this on Friday, then you have a, <laughs> your a, a, an emergency podcast, a news podcast, an Everton recap pro- podcast, and an Oxford United preview podcast. My lord, you got some work to do. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll I'll say this, the Oxford Preview podcast is probably the same length as this, so not very long, so you can knock that out uh, on a well, Saturday before my the my first
2: match. ever English soccer match was Oxford United versus Whitcomb Wanderers in Oxford.
1: Okay. So, oh. I
2: devout Oxford United supporter, I'm joking, I'm
1: not. Okay, I was about to say, I mean, I also, I don't know why that would make... The podcast longer. Because I know everything
2: there is to know about them.
1: Well, you know everything there is to know about them like 10 years ago. Yeah, I actually, I, like, I could not name one <laughs> player, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who's on. They, I don't even remember who, like, was on the team that beat us. I know Kemar Roof used to play for them. No. That's all I got. You, no, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Maybe they'll trade for Julian Gressel as well. Yeah. I know. yeah. Maybe. Well MLS humor. <laughs> um so yeah, Nabil Benzler. Yeah. Uh do you want me to just dive right into the what we know um the deal so was or do you want to go through? Well
2: I'm gonna I'm going to ask a few questions for you because you know oh. definitely more about him than I than me. So I w- I want it's you true. to do a lot of the analysis. Um I've picked up some of the things, but it, it makes more sense for you to do those things. Um, so just to give you a little backtrack on Nabil, uh, we did this for our news pod too, but um, it's worth it to do it here. But he was born in Lille. He's an Algerian citizen. Um, started his career like coming up through the Tottenham youth ranks and eventually made his first team appearance with Spurs. Um, 66 overall appearances there. Then he... Uh, had a 10... Was it 10 million? Oh no, it was a loan deal to Schalke. And then they bought him at the end of the loan deal for 20 and a half million American dollars.
1: Yeah. Damn. So like 18 million pounds. Yeah. Somewhere about there.
2: Yeah. Um, And then he's been kind of going... He's just been doing his thing. Became a stalwart, stalwart at Schalke. And now he... Arrives on alone with us, so um, Elijah, uh, give me. Well, first, let let's go in chronological order. So, like, talk to talk to us a little bit about what he did at Spurs.
1: Well, it was interesting because uh, he was he was a player who people were kind of shocked. Uh, made like kind of ease his way into the midfield. Um, I mean, Spurs. This was really the beginning of the Poch era. Um, he's 19 years old and he's like beating out like Musa Dembele and stuff for starting minutes. Um, you know, international players. Uh, and essentially, what Poch liked about him is he he was in his young his young career. He was not as adventurous. He has zero Premier League goals actually, which after, which is wild considering 66 appearances. But um, he was very much similar to I don't even know. I guess kind of how we've described John Joe Shelvy over the past couple of matches. You know, he'd win the ball, make the short, simple pass, and that's what Spurs needed um, on a team with so many dynamic players that were trying to make the, the the pinpoint the the perfect pass and make all these crazy runs. You needed a guy who would win the ball and then just play play the simple pass. And that is what Ben um, Slub did really well at Spurs. Really kind of made a name for himself as that kind of destroyer type figure. Um ease in and out of the first team Um, But he did get, he picked up a knee injury and ankle, and two ankle injuries while he was there and kind of fell um, in the pecking order. Um, But there was promise. There was always promise um, for him. And this, he was, he made his debut at 19, which is insane um, to think about and was a consistent first team player at the age of like 20 and 21 um, before he then kind of got loaned to Schalke after those injuries that. Um, put him down to pecking order. Guys like Wanyama came in and other guys who um, were a similar type of player and just, you know, he lost his minutes. Kind of pretty simple uh, into his career at Tottenham. uh, Left on good terms. Quick
2: trivia. Really? He scored one total goal for Spurs. Obviously you mentioned it wasn't in the Premier League. It was in the EFL Cup. Do you know who it was against?
1: Uh, probably Newcastle. Yes, it
2: was. It was. Because, I mean, I,
1: I, all the fans, they, that's pretty much Newcastle fans. I'm, I'm getting this on the news podcast, so you probably heard this already. But Newcastle fans, like, they just don't follow, like, any well, English fans in general don't follow other leagues. So they only know, like, very limited stuff about the players. And that's the one thing Newcastle fans, they're like, oh, I, this lad has a lot of promise, I remember he scored against us in the cup. Uh, he looked decent at Spurs; could be a good signing. And I'm like, you guys have you clearly haven't watched in the past few years. But uh, yeah, so shout out to us for um, him scoring against us. So <laughs> yeah, it's a for four us.
2: nothing win. Uh, he's playing center mid there.
1: Yep, <laughs> um, it's true. But yeah,
2: so he he took he had a big ankle injury in September of 2015. And it pretty much put him out for the 2015-16 season. Like he played – yeah, He after – since it – during that injury, he came off against Everton in – actually in August. So it was August 29th of 2015 he got that injury, and he played one Premier League minute the rest of the year. He did come back into the second team and played – with the second team a bit, but did not play in the Premier League the rest of that season. And that's when he got loaned out. So let, let's move to Schalke now. Uh, talk about his life in the Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he, he got the, the... So Schalke, um, honestly, if you're talking about a Premier League team, uh, that it, no, it's not, a Bundesliga team that's similar to Newcastle, Schalke is kind of... Uh, one of those it's probably the team um I mean a lot of German teams are kind of somewhere to Newcastle but like a uh, very gritty town like super passionate fans like super working class city like some of the best support in all of Europe like their their fortress one they have one of the sickest stadiums in the Bundesliga but two they, they're, they're like a fortress at home not Dortmund like-esque but pretty pretty damn close so um uh, Benzla moves to Schalke. Um, he plays underneath this this manager no one had heard of, Dominico Tedesco, and uh, is an absolute baller for them. Uh, Tedesco ran like a, a plethora of systems, but at his height, he ran this cool three in the back system. Um, well, a couple three in the back system. One, he ran a three-four-three, um, and then he also ran, ran a three-five-two. But also, he was able to employ other stuff, four-two-three-ones, all that kind of stuff, um, and was able. He they did pressing. It was just a very complex formation, but heavily relied on like this central midfielder to also just control the midfield and organize the midfield. But you know, choose when to press, choose when to drop back and defend, and choose when to to go forward and, and spring attacks. It was all in the midfielder, and Ben played that role really well. Um, he kind of ended his Schalke career with a ton of goals, a ton of, like, he has highlights of him tackling, which was, you know, something you don't really see. But he ended with a lot of goals, became kind of the set-piece specialist for Schalke, and they kind of shocked the world with him um, and a, a few other players that were there, Caligari, all those, people, like, there's a lot of Schalke players that were in the fold. Weston McKinney, that was when he started his his rise at Schalke, um, and they somehow ended up in a Champions League place, Um, and, you know, that was great and all, and then the next season, um, they had the same thing that happened in Newcastle this season. They had a crazy injury crisis um, in his second season, which is last season at Schalke, so um, he finishes his loan there, um, and then um, they come in, it's all fine and dandy, it's it's a good time, and they make it permanent, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, Schalke experiences his injury crisis in, like, the 18-19 season. Um, and, uh, essentially, all of their forwards and, like, wide players all got injured at the same time. And so, Tedesco switches to a 4-4-2, and Bentaleb plays as, like, a, a, whole, a central midfielder, um, kind of box-to-box role. Still effective, but not as effective. Um, and then also because they lost forwards, he and Weston McKinney actually would switch off as, as strike, as like the second striker. So there'd be one match where he'd play as a second striker and another match where McKinney would play as a second striker. And like, these are two, like as box to box midfielders as you could possibly imagine, but they're being asked to play striker. Um, so it was interesting season. Um, and then it kind of was going real downhill, uh, Schalke had actually a really good run in the Champions League. They made it to the round of 16, had to play Man City, um, gave them a little bit of a tough time um, in their first match. They lost 2-1, and then in the second match, they lose 7-0. Tedesco's fired. Ben Sleb's not really happy about it, um, and he picks up a groin strain under the caretaker manager, who is, like, super kind of disciplined, and that kind of starts his whole disciplinary issue, uh, Thing, stigma that was kind of put on him um he has this groin strain and is being a pissy little person and decides like i'm not going to show up to the match they're playing rb leipzig it's a huge match because um schalke is trying to not get relegated at this point and he skips the match they suspend him put him down to the, the u23s call him back up he's still He's complaining about playtime, I believe, at this time. And then they send him back down to U23s. And at that point, um, the club literally released a statement and like used quotes from the manager saying like his ego was too big and all this other stuff. You can read the exact quotes in like the article, um, the deep dive. But um, that kind of ends his relationship. I honestly thought he was going to get sold last summer because like the club had pretty much moved on. They brought in <laughs> David Wagner, who's... German American, oh there yeah, a dog. my my know, too, a dog.
2: my dog does not like David Wagner, so
1: yeah. Oh, well, I mean, him. he would have been good for U.S. men's national team, probably. Yeah. but David Wagner didn't give uh, Vince Love the time of day, and that's kind of where we are now. I mean, it's uh it's a, a sad story. Um, I think the big thing to note here is that. Um, Tedesco was known as kind of more of a player's manager, similar to Steve Bruce, but smarter than Steve Bruce, like tactically. Um, You could argue. I don't know how much tactics Steve Bruce had, but I know for a fact Tedesco, much better manager tactically. Um, But also a really solid player's manager, similar to like a Klopp-like figure, similar to Steve Bruce, where he really cared about the players and was more trying to get on their good side and and being supportive of them, but it allowed them to perform well under him. And the two managers that followed him are very similar to like the strict German manager type ordeal where it's all about tactics. It's all about showing up on time. It's all about doing your job. You're not bigger than the team. And Benzalab did not succeed under those guys. And I think that's for good reason. So that kind of gives me hope for his time here at Newcastle. Another kind of player focused manager like Steve Bruce will be good for his Quote disciplinary issues, but I think just for his confidence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some of his uh, going, going a little bit to like our thoughts and his, his play style, like in our system. Um, like we, I've said that we've wanted a box to, well, uh, I wanted a box to box midfielder along with a winger and a striker. And we, we checked that box to box. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nice. He he's he can definitely be a quarterback if you need him to be at the quarterback of of the team. He he can do a lot of different things, very diverse from that um, skill set. But he, yeah, like I mean, things can get to his head. But the good thing is he's come off of success in Bundesliga. Uh, he's probably a little like ready to prove himself based on some injuries that he's had. You um, and like he he knows the league. He's done well in the top league now, and it's it's go time for him. So uh, I I see like I think his first run, and if he truly is healthy, why not why not get him in for the Oxford match? Um, oh yeah, start him up right there and just get him a nice little warm up, and um, maybe he can score a banger and, and get the ball rolling. But in the Premier League, I see like that would be so much it'd be so much better if we could have four of Shelby, Hayden, and the Longstaffs. And then we add Bentaleb into that mix. It just gives us a lot more depth, getting players more rest and hopefully keeping people healthy for the rest of the season. So that's my my thoughts into it. I think that Nabil walks in and it, it's going to be a, a pretty difficult decision between Shelby or Hayden. Um, but I think you got to start him uh, initially and see if he can earn it. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we also should premise. I feel like we didn't mention the actual deal. It's a loan to buy. Mm, yeah, uh, that
2: would be important to mention that.
1: Yeah, I feel like I was like, oh, we should probably mention that. Keith Downey is the person I, the only person I trust with numbers. Eight hundred and fifty k loan fee with an eight point five million pound option to buy, which, as I remember, it's literally ten million pounds less than Shulka paid for. So they were ready to just get rid of yeah. him. Um, But like you said, uh, I think one thing to just focus on, and I made this comparison in the news pod, so if you haven't listened to that, you're going to hear this again. Darlington Nagby, for you MLS people, that's that's the kind of guy you're going to get with Bentaleb. Uh, Really good at retaining the ball, which is just something Newcastle have struggled with. Um, Looking at the Everton match today, uh, that's just like we couldn't string more than four or five passes together because they couldn't deal with guys in the press. And I have this... This uh this 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 GIF or GIF, I don't know what people want to call it nowadays, that I put in the Benteleb article of him literally uh like somehow out dribbling three Bayern Munich players who are all converging on him at the same time. And that's the kind of stuff he's gonna bring. It's not like he's doing this in I know we 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 not in the Scottish League or or in or in you know even the the lower depths of Syria. He was doing this type of ball retentions type type uh he had, he showed this ball retention type ability in the Champions League against the best of the best in the Bundesliga against another really just kind of league with a lot of actual parity in the Bundesliga and not as great as the Premier League but still very competitive and very good league. So um I think that's going to be huge for Newcastle. Like you said, it will be interesting to see um who kind of you know if he if he's able to come in and be the Bentaleb of last season. Um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of gets dropped from that rotation or if Bruce changes up the formation, um, you know, that could potentially happen as well. I know Greg wouldn't like that because I don't know if uh, moving to a back four with Newcastle just screams nightmare, but you know, it could happen or a three man midfield. I I don't know. It it could be interesting to see what Bruce does here. Um, I personally like him and like, like the idea of rotating, um, the four midfielders in and out, especially because, um, like you said, uh, you know it's good for injuries, but you know also just the stamina and the grind of the season. And it's already having a toll on players. And you see Shelby's not 100% um, still. So uh, getting a guy like Ben Sleb is going to be good. And I think just transitioning from defense to offense is going to be where you, you'll notice him um, immediately. That, that's that's he's going to be good at. And like all of our midfielders. He's going to shoot from distance, so um, expect for him to just rip one from like 30 yards out because that's what he does, similar to John Joe, similar to Sean, similar to Maddie, yeah. similar to Isaac Hayden. So, so let's get... just have a bunch of guys who rip it.
2: Yeah, let's get to questions. Uh, there's really one. Of which there is one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's from Batman's Milkman, Will. Uh, Will Watson, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Will Watson, Um, we've we've answered this question twice now.
2: Where is the thinking behind this deal? Is he, in quotes, (laughs) another option to take pressure off the Longstaff bros? Or does Bruce really think his build-up play can help with creating chances for the forward players? Yeah.
1: I I, think it's both.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to help all around. But um, the thinking behind this deal is, it's getting like we need a box to box midfielder. Like the thinking is, and we're yeah. getting that. Um We just you just got to hope that he's good enough, <laughs> which we'll find out. I mean, I'm hoping. I, I it's always weary to me uh, taking a chance on a player that hasn't played recently. So mm-hmm. I, I would really like
1: it to work out, but I, I think it's it's really unfortunate for him because I mean he he's been wanting to play. Which is good that they're hungry to play, uh, but he's been frozen out of a first team for them to make a deal essentially, which which is obviously annoying as a player. Um, and I'm sure he's obviously been in training and playing with the U23s and all that kind of stuff. Um, I do uh, another point to bring up is like Bentaleb also kind of similar to the Longstaff brothers was just thrown directly into the fire and had to deal with kind of the same pressures they have they had to deal with, where he was 19 where he made his first his first first team appearance and then was like a consistent option for this for spurs uh for a couple years at a young age kind of similar to what maddie and sean are experiencing so you know you know the games where you have a not so good run of form and and just dealing with the pressure of having to perform and being like the the academy product is something that i'm sure you can probably help them out with if if that's something they're truly struggling with but like greg said i mean box to box midfield is what we needed a guy who's going to do the defensive dirty work. Right now, Isaac Hayden's the only midfielder that really like defends well. I think Maddie has the effort, but there's still some mistakes now and then. But I think Isaac Hayden's one of the only ones that defends really well, and Shelby when he wants to. And so getting another guy that's going to defend real well and be able to transition from defense to offense is always going to be helpful. And um, it's, it's a low-risk move, and... And like, yeah, yes, you you take the risk because he's not played for a long time. But, you know, he could also be his former self or even a shell of his former self. And at the worst, you have a deaf player that you have paid less than 10 million pounds for, um, which in the Premier League is is great. I mean, there's a lot of subs and on a lot of teams that cost way more than 10 million pounds and and aren't. 25 and entering their prime so newcastle could potentially have one of the big steals of this window and honestly january loan windows they've actually done decently well so um as of, of recent yeah well yeah of recent i, I guess we're not we're not going to count the kennedy year-long loan that was or brecca
2: or slamani but whatever
1: True, but you can count Dubrovka and Kennedy's first loan. So we're shooting fifty percent right now, yeah. which is good. Baden five hundred—that's Hall of Fame numbers. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. All right, you got anything else?
1: Um, no. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I wonder what number he's going to wear. I'm my guess. What do you think he's going to wear? What number do you think he's going to wear?
2: Oh no, I was going to say twenty-four, but I think that's being saved.
1: Well, Miguel has twenty-four right now. Oh wait. Oh wow. He didn't change from ten. Not bad. I think the open I think of the open numbers right now, I'm I think he's gonna wear twenty five. Cool. I, or he could go throw back to Spurs and wear forty two. I prefer like a weird offensive line number like seventy three. Oh I, again, Greg with the weird numbers, yeah. you should probably follow Benfica or any Portuguese team. Okay if you want weird numbers.
2: (laughs) I'm in. All right. Well, that is going to conclude our emergency podcast. We have signed on a loan deal with Nabil Bentaleb, the Algerian. So cool stuff. Congrats to him and congrats to us. Um, Let's, we'll see you. We'll see you in a few days.
1: Um, Yeah. Um, Or tomorrow. Yeah. If, if we sign someone else on Wednesday, yeah, exactly. Which, honestly, this will be every single night we we would have recorded this week. Yeah, that could happen.
2: All right. Well, uh, enjoy this beautiful song, and uh, that concludes it. I'm Greg Troxel. That's Elijah Newsom, and Hawaii the lights. Okay.
0: To be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're forty And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cos the people in the big fat city Haven't had it half as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine i would walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we? I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenix's door. He plays a mean accordion. You've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody Heroes There's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster and the at Games I'm coming home Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park At the Galagies end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother I hey me how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog it's in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle